1: Welcome a No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast. I'm your host, Matthias Wadner, uh, along with my co-host, Will Lomas. As always, we are back to recap a Tennessee Titans win. Uh, before we get into everything, just a disclaimer. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer is on top. <laughs> he is uh, in the apartment on top of me. So if you hear the power drills going off, uh, it's him uh, chopping up dead bodies and uh, turning them into zombies just kidding but it was always good to jump on the trending train there is construction on top of me so if you guys hear that i apologize there's nothing i can do uh i even complained to the manager and he was like there's nothing we can do so great stuff there anyway let's get into it the tennessee times win their third straight game versus versus the commanders they hold on uh to win 21 to 17 in washington Uh, They go into the bye week at three and two. Will, how are you feeling about the game?
0: Uh, A lot better than I would have been if David Long didn't get that pick at the end. You know, it's, it's. It's hard to be like, it's easy to be mad on the day, right? Like on Sunday, it's so easy to be frustrated with the things they're doing and what they're not doing. And then. You know, once the score is in, it's almost like the opposite of the Giants game where we felt so confident the whole time. And then with like less than two minutes, the Giants take their first lead of the game and you're just like, oh, this could go badly. Like, you know, but if the Titans would have won, I wouldn't have thought that thought about that game ever again. And now we're here and I really don't, uh, you know, I I don't have a lot of negative things to say about the Titans. I mean, plenty to talk about, but you know, because they won, and because they won heading into a bye week after starting zero and two the way that they did, I, they're they're going to get a pass from me from a lot of big criticism because, like it or not, you know we've said it forever, but Mike Vrabel's teams play down to bad competition and they play up to good competition. And now that we know that the Giants are a good team and that maybe the Raiders are also kind of a good team, even though their their record doesn't really indicate it. You know, it, it it makes it a little bit more tolerable, but yeah, like just coming out of there with a win is, is enough for now.
1: Yeah, I think it's time to just accept that this is how pretty much every Titans game is gonna go. Like I don't I don't see them blowing out uh, too many teams unless they get fully healthy and Mike Rabel changes his philosophy. Uh, but I really doubt that's gonna happen. So we're gonna have these type of hard stopping uh, finishes, they've happened in every single game uh, that they've won. And it happened in the Giants game, too. Uh, shout out the Giants, by the way. Brian Dable is doing a great job uh, with that team. They are not very talented, and they're 4-1 and one right now. Uh, and it's looking like the Titans kind of kick-started that. But Giants are a good team, so can't feel too terrible uh, about that loss. And then the Bills won. The Bills are just—they're a powerhouse, you know.
0: Yeah. What, and what can we Titans- do? The Titans played them when they were, like, at full strength. I mean, like, they didn't have Gabe Davis, but they had, like... all of too. back still healthy before, like, you know, uh, whichever one went on IR with, you know. They, they basically took them on, at, on their homecoming, like, their first game at home at near full strength, and they had to play Trey Avery at corner, and it went exactly like you expected it to. So, yeah, I mean... That that was a brutal game, but not one that I I, th- I think we'll see repeated.
1: Yeah. Um. So, do these games still concern you? The fact that they're letting teams back into the games, and, and they're they're all close, even though they're playing against pretty bad teams. Like the Colts are are not very good. Uh, the Commanders are not very good either. But the Titans aren't able to really put them away, like. Uh, a better team should, or do we only care about the wins? I'm honestly at the point where I don't care. I, I, I just win the games, win the division, and then maybe you get lucky on on a playoff run. Uh, because that's kind of what this team has shown. They really haven't shown to to be able to uh, hang with the better teams. I don't I don't think right now they're playing like one of the better teams in the league. But they're three and two. They're probably going to win the division because after I went on a uh, uh, praise the Jaguars uh, uh, little spiel a couple weeks ago, <laughs> they, they are terrible. Like they, they suck right now. Uh, the a disaster, the Texans actually stay in games, but they just don't have a lot of talent and they have a very limited quarterback. So, I mean, it, it would be surprising if the Titans don't not run away with the division, but definitely come away with it.
0: Yeah. Like the most important thing is wins. Like, it's hard to argue against that. Like, even if they're not pretty, I would say, I think that the Titans look better the last two weeks than they did the first three weeks. If that may I mean, like the first half against the Raiders was, was pretty strong, but you know, it really on, on defense, it's a lot of good. And then really bad. Like there's, Guys who clearly are struggling, but then you also have Rashad Weaver who has four sacks and Danica Autry, who looks awesome and he has four sacks and Jeffrey Simmons should have four sacks, but he only has three and a half cause he had to split it with Sammy O. However you say his last name, like the, the, those three are pretty much power and everything on D on the front. And then Tier tart who has five pass breakups. And then I, I would say the last two weeks, David Long has looked better than he has, you know, the rest of the season. He looks back to David Long where he's flying around and making plays and not, not just the pass breakup or the interception or anything like that, but he almost had a pick versus the Colts where he drove on a pass in the outside towards Jonathan Taylor. And it was just a tip and not an interception because he was just a half second short. But I mean, he, he's looked a lot better over the last two weeks for whatever reason and you know, once the Titans get Amani Hooker back, who's been out for two weeks with the concussion, like they, they should, cause he was fantastic the first two weeks of the season. I mean, like he had an interception against uh, the Giants that basically saved possession off of the muffed uh, punt from Kyle Phillips. And then he kind of sort of almost had an interception against uh, the bills in the end zone too. Like, you know, he, he does a lot of good things, so he's clearly they're clearly missing him out there. But if you get those guys back and utilize your molden back, suddenly the defense may have a chance at being really good again, and not that they're bad. Like they lead the league in third down defense. But it, you know that that's sort of where they are. And then the offense, if they could have guys stay healthy for more than a week or two, that would be great. Like you know they had to put Burks on IR, even though it didn't look like they were going to and then you've got Nate Davis being a surprise and active in just the, the day of for some reason. And we don't know why that's weird. And then Daly is terrible. It's like, but you know, like they do enough and they look good enough to win these games. So even if they don't have some miraculous upgrade in the middle of the season, they do look like the most complete and competent team in the AFC South. And you know, the Titans are going to get hurt. That's what they do. But as the season goes on, other teams will sustain injuries and that have that fatigue, too. So, you know, it, it may just be whoever's the most healthy and whoever is able to deal with the injuries the best once playoff time comes. But, yeah, I mean, th- this Titans in, at the first position, Jaguars second, then, you know, the Colts and the Texans underneath them, that feels like how the AFC South will shake out. It's just whether the team on top has 12 wins or nine wins and whether the second team has eight wins or six wins.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about the AFC South and then the AFC as a whole uh, in in a few later on in the episode. But uh, like you said, yeah, it, it kind of comes down to who's going to be healthy and who can manage injuries. That's usually who ends up making the Super Bowl, if we're being honest. Um, Like, look at the Bengals and Rams. Last year, they just got hot at the right time. They ended up winning a lot of close games, um, and they did enough to reach the Super Bowl. The Rams ended up winning. But look at them this year. They're terrible. They are not good at all. Uh, The Rams have an awful offensive line. The Bengals have a— a disgusting offense. I don't know what Zach Taylor is doing with them, but those teams made the Super Bowl a year ago, and you know it might happen for the Titans again. We don't know, even though they don't look like a great team, but it might not matter uh, come playoff time. Going back to this game, uh, I want to start with the offense. How do you how do you feel about them? I, I I don't know. They like you said, they have a lot of injuries. I think getting Traylon Burks back. Uh, will be big. I think the Taylor Luan injury is uh, it, it kind of it's big. It, it, it's big. Dennis Daly is terrible, man. I, I don't I don't know what else he has to do uh, for the Titans to to try to replace him, uh, put Radance in there, bring someone else in because he's just getting bull rushed. He He's giving up uh, pressures in any which way. And Aaron Brewer isn't a very good pass blocker to begin with. He's just too small. He's a really good run blocker um, and very athletic, but put Daly next to, to Brewer on that side, and it's been a disaster. It, it, and it was a real disaster in this game uh, with Montez Sweat uh, just destroying, destroying the left side uh, of the offensive line. So that's giving me a lot of, a lot of pause about the offense going forward. If your offensive line isn't good, it just wrecks, it just wrecks the entire offense. So what's your confidence level in the offensive line holding up going forward?
0: The offensive line is so weird because, you know, again, they had Raiden start on a short day with no notice, and they started him at right guard, and he was good. Like uh, Tyler Rowland on a – the at Tic Tac Titans, I believe is his handle, uh did a good did his video breakdown and I told him ahead of time like to to watch Raidens because whenever the Titans were in third and one or goal to go situations and they ran the ball, they ran it behind Raidens and in PF and they got it. I mean they they were consistently successful on that side and every time there was pass protection, those guys held up longer than anybody else and Brewer is fine like but he should be the worst guy on your offensive line like he's he's not bad but if there's somebody who's clearly worse than him you're in trouble because he plays a pretty low value position and he's he's only passable at it so when you have Dennis Daly who is just getting run oh I mean he looks terrible like I I don't, I don't know what the PFF numbers say or whatever, but like he ended up on his back so many times, like just constantly got outworked. And then there were times when he would just miss his guy completely. And then he would just kind of like walk slowly forward away from him so that it was, it was like not clear that it was obviously him messing up. Like it's, it's, it's man. It's just so bad. Like, they should, and, and they won't, because they're, they're going to play him at guard, but they should try him, they should try Raidens out at left tackle, or they should bring another left tackle in to compete for the job, but, like, there's no competition there, and maybe Daly plays better at guard at some point, but, you know, he, like, I, I don't know what his future is, but it's not at left tackle, or it shouldn't be, so that, that's bad, but. You know, the good news is Ben Jones looks really good. Nate Davis, when he's been in, looks really good. And, uh, Nicholas Pete Frere, it looks good for a rookie. Like he's not a world beater or anything like that, but the way he and Raidens got to the second level on Sunday was awesome. I mean, it, it, it created these huge cutback lanes that, that Henry hit and they like, they look young and fast. And not that Nate Davis doesn't look like young, but he, he doesn't have that sort of lateral speed. He's more of a power guy. And Ben Jones just doesn't quite look as spry as anybody else. But, I mean, you would think that those guys were the undersized athletic guys when they get up to the second level and not Brewer. Because, I mean, they're every bit as fast as him. And, I mean, they weigh 40 pounds heavier. So, you know, that that was positive. But... Vrabel said when he when he talked to the media kind of ahead of this week he talked about how they were going to look at guys to see who who should be playing more and who should be playing less and I don't know a single rookie that shouldn't be playing more on this team and the guys like you know Swain and Daly and you know those kinds of guys need to be heavily scrutinized by this coaching staff and probably removed but We'll see like that. That's something I'm interested to see if it's just lip service by Vrabel where he's just talking or whether they're actually do that work and hold guys accountable for failing and we'll see what happens there. But the offensive line has some pieces like, I mean, you, you could put Dylan Radins in at left guard or left tackle. And if he played like he did against the commanders, then it would be an improvement regardless of which position he played. But, you know, having Nate Davis back really, Gives you a strong, you know, strong side from center right guard to right tackle where you're pretty confident that when push comes to shove, you can run it that way.
1: Yeah. Uh, and remember, the Bengals had an even worked offensive line last year and they made the Super Bowl just to go back to that uh, point. So who knows what's going to happen. Uh, I like that you mentioned Swain because I saw him get destroyed on pass protection reps as well in this game. Uh, he's just bad. He, he's not good at football. And the fact that you're trying to help Dennis Daly, who is a bad football player, uh, by putting Swaim right next to him, who is also a bad football player and blocker, what are we doing? What are we doing? But it is what it is. Yeah. They're 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 Mike Frabel's guys, and we're just not going to be able to uh, to convince him. So it is what it is. A good football player, Derrick Henry. He looks like the Derrick Henry of old. I know the numbers might not suggest it because technically only averaged 3.6 yards a carry, but he was breaking tackles consistently. Uh, He was hitting the cutback lanes when he needed to. Uh, He looked very agile, which I I don't think we had really seen uh, up up to this point uh, this season, except for maybe last week, I think it was. Uh, But the first couple of weeks, he really didn't look like himself. Uh, It looks like he's finally back to his best. He continues to make... Decent catches. He made a really good catch on, uh, I think it was like uh, first and seven, like seven yards to go uh, or first and goal mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and then he punched it in with a score. So I like it, man. I I feel good about Henry going forward. I think the offensive line is run blocking decently well. Uh, the pass block, the pass blocking is the real issue. But run blocking, they're doing well. Uh, and Henry is finally starting to hit the holes uh, like we, we're kind of used to.
0: Yeah, that was a, I I, I was going to say pleasant surprise, and that might be, you know, underselling Henry and what he's done in his career. Because, I mean, he looked like 2020 Henry. Like, you know, it's, it's probably the best game I've seen him play. Yeah, probably since 2020, because 2021, even before he hurt his foot, like, he was... He was good, but I don't,
1: it was volume, it was all volume yeah, like he had, he had thirty touches a game,
0: <laughs> yeah, and he had that Seattle game where he broke off that big run, but really, like and I think he played well against Jacksonville, too, but none of that was like, I'm gonna like sidestep and get i mean, it was it was just it was he was so much more confident when he ran, and it was there was no hesitancy, there was no you know. I, there, there was no indecisiveness. It was really good running, and you know he showed that he could cut back, that he was reading things well, and he still missed some things. But you know, you're allowed to miss one or two things when you're so good that the defense just can't anticipate where you're going to go. Like, and then he was running through tack I mean, he looked, he looked really good, and that's great. And it's great heading into a bye because you know he had a heavy workload, and that's you know, that's awesome. Uh, the one thing that concerns me is that they only threw four play action passes. And if you know anything about like this offense, the way it works best is if they run Derrick Henry and run play action off of it. Like it works nearly every time that Tannehill is so much more effective. He's like 10 yards a play. He had on those four play action passes. He had as many yards as he did in all the other passes combined. Like, I, I mean, it, It was just like, I think it was like 90 or something like that, both ways. And it's like, yeah, because the entire defense has to come and cave in. And if there's no run fake or if you run out of empty, they're just going to dare you to throw and they're going to trust their, you know, first round pixel all along the defensive line to beat Aaron Brewer and Dennis Daly. So, yeah, I mean, like, obviously that makes sense. But uh, for some reason, the Titans had less play action on on. Sunday than they did in any other week but yeah like just in terms of Henry like it's good for him to be back he's kind of doing what he did last year where he's showing off like more developed hands like that one catch like near the goal line was really good and then he had a screen pass that was great and it was so believable that on the next play he kind of faked like he was going out for a swing pass and then the Titans ran a screen to Hilliard on the other side and everybody was you know, over towards Henry and shifted over. And then before they knew it, they were out of position on Hilliard. So that that's been a good connection for the Titans, that Tannehill to Hilliard thing. And if they can get stuff going where all eyes have to be on Derek Henry and Hilliard can be in the backfield, that would open up a lot of interesting options for them.
1: Yeah. Feed Don Hilliard because he is a stuff. Every time he, every time it says this is the ball, good things just, uh, tend to happen, so it would behoove the Titans to actually uh, get some of their playmakers the ball, especially with uh, Traylon Burks injured. I would like to see a little bit more Kyle Phillips, more Austin Hooper, more Chig. Every time Chig touches the ball, uh, it seems like he gets 10-plus yards, so I would like to see uh, a little bit more of that, but in terms of the play-action thing, the only thing I could think of is maybe uh, Todd Downing thought that his O-line wouldn't be able to hold up uh, for that long. But it doesn't really work that way. The play action is supposed to freeze uh, the defensive line regardless of whether they're pass rushing or not. So I don't know. It, it is what it is. I hope we're not back to first-year Todd down and where he literally doesn't run play action at all. Uh, I, I don't think so. Uh, I don't hope so. Uh, so that's it for the offense. Let's talk about the defense a little bit because they gave up a ton of yards. Again, most of it through the air. Uh, the run defense is great. The the run defense is very good. Uh, it has been for the past couple of years. It is again uh, just because they have those big guys in the middle, Jeffrey Simmons and Tier Tart Tart has really taken a step forward and, and Jeffrey Simmons looks like uh, an all-pro. It's 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 impressive. But through the air they they just keep getting diced for a lot of yards, but they're not, they're not giving up points. I mean, they gave up 17 to to Washington. They gave up 17 to the Colts. Uh, the Raiders got 22. Like in today's NFL, that's not a lot of points. Uh, so they're doing a good job in terms of that. But they just give up. They give up these big plays now that are are brutal. And, and this time it was Caleb Farley uh, again who got uh, the worst end of it. I I have to stop the nonsense myself because. On on the podcast last week, uh, I said that Diaby Brown had amounted to nothing in his NFL career. And that was kind of—that was true. That was true. He hadn't done anything. And then he comes out in this game, scores the first two touchdowns uh, of his career. The Titans' secondary can make anyone uh, look amazing. So uh, that was frustrating to see. My question for you, Will, is do you think this is all just injury-related for the Titans' secondary? Do you think once they get the pieces back— like Amani Hooker, Elijah Molden, uh, even Ugo Amadi, who I think they had high hopes for. Do you think once they get those guys back, the, the defense will be able to kind of hold passing offenses to, to a more reasonable uh, yardage?
0: Yeah, I think their lack of a real slot corner is a problem because they're making McCreary play inside some, and, you know, that's that's it's not, it's not that he can't do it. He can. It's just for a team that is so afraid to put things on rookie's plates, to throw him at outside corner and ask him to play inside corner. And all like that when corner other than quarterback is the hardest position to transition to in the NFL. Like that's a disservice to him because he's been good. Like even the, the deep pass he gave up for the touchdown, like he was right there with, like there's, there's nothing he could have done. Like, Darrell Revis could have been there and it would have been the same result. Like that was just for whatever reason, you know, Wentz placed a ball, you know, more perfectly than he did at any point this season and basically just handed it to him through the air. Uh, So, you know, sometimes you just can't make a play on those balls. But yeah, like having having a slot corner will help because Fulton and McCreary should play on the outside. Ugo Amadi should have played in this game. By, by all accounts, he was, you know, full practice and all that, and he just got scratched. And I, I, I said this before the game that it felt an awful lot like the Jets game last year where the Titans don't take an opponent seriously and anybody who's even slightly nicked up doesn't play. And it felt like they wanted to get everybody completely healthy for the run that they have after the bye you know, it would explain why Kyle Phillips didn't play a lot of snaps. It, it would explain why Nate Davis wasn't, you know, put out there if it was a touch-and-go situation on whether he should play. Like, it puts a lot of stress on your guys who are able to play. Like, I think that's a disservice to those guys a little bit, you know, to your Tannehills and Henrys and, you know, those guys who are basically at the mercy of what the people in front of them do, you know, to take Nate Davis out and all that. I I don't know, like, that's that's sort of a different a discussion for a different time, but it, I I'm, I don't know why we didn't get to see Ugo Amadi play, because he played cor- slot corner really well for the Titans in week one against the Giants, like, I think he, he led the team in, in slot corner snaps, and I don't think he was, I don't think he allowed a, a completion, like, he was really solid, and he helped in the run game, and then he got hurt, and I don't know if he's just not in Vrabel's good graces or what, but that that's kind of where we are now. And I don't know if he's going to be such a necessity once Elijah Molden's back, but he's better than, you know, half the, the other corners that get on the roster. And then, you know, Caleb Farley, like, I feel terrible for him because... He sh- what they should have done is they should have made him. If they're going to put McCreary in the slot, they should have committed to him and played him the entire time instead of pulling him in and out and in and out and in and out. Instead, they've you know they don't seem to have any plan for him, and they put him against a small, quick, diff- quick wide receiver again. The same thing that got Elijah Molden in trouble uh, against Christian Kirk. His I think it was Christian Kirk against his, uh, his rookie year. And it's like they, the Titans don't believe in playing matchups, but letting, you know, your banged up young corner who has relatively little experience, putting him one-on-one with no safety help over the top against a team that doesn't, you know, it's not like there were, they were a big threat to run the ball. Like the Titans snuffed out the run the whole game. You know, there's no reason why you couldn't have had Kevin Byard back there, but you know, I say that even when Bayard was back there, he didn't, you know, no shade towards Bayard, but he didn't seem to have any interest in, you know, making a play. There, there was no like downhill aggression. Like, you know, I think there was one play where he kind of hit a guy after, but there was no effort made to like knock the ball away or get hands on passes or anything like that. It's, it just looks like they're so, they're so afraid of, you know, trying to make a play and missing that they end up not tackling guys and letting them make big plays and not covering guys. Well, it's it's a weird thing. Like, I don't really I don't really know what the the M.O. of this defense is, because it seems to be maybe maybe they'll make mistakes and we can get on third down. And then when when we're in third down, we can attack and be aggressive because that like I, I can't I can't explain why there's so many other like huge busted plays or anything like that like it's just it's so strange to me but again like maybe this is something they can get fixed and injuries and you know the turnover at that position and the lack of a clear plan maybe that gets solved going forward and in the bye week Bye week they can all take a breath and figure it out but it, it's. It's baffling to me why it's been so bad when you have so many good pieces.
1: Yeah, and especially because Shane Bowen's defense looked great last year, and I thought they schemed games very well. I thought they game-planned very well uh, for certain matchups, but this year has been weird. I don't know if if the injuries have to do with it, but I do feel like they're committing a lot of mistakes uh, that are avoidable, really. Like, you're not supposed to be giving up so many big plays um through the air so hopefully the times can get it fixed i think earlier uh, a couple weeks ago you said that you don't know if rabel has more influence over the defense uh this year it would kind of make sense but i mean i don't know how much i could really complain if they're going to give up 17 points a game you know like that that'll win you most games uh in the nfl the thing is they're playing against they've played against teams that are not very good uh once they start facing you know the chiefs the eagles uh, maybe the Chargers that have really good, uh, well-oiled offenses. Uh, I don't know how how much you're going to be able to get away with giving up so many yards because those teams are so good uh, in the red zone and in short-yarded situations. So we'll see if it comes back to haunt the Titans. But we'll also see once Elijah Molden gets healthy, once Amani Hooker gets healthy, uh, maybe Bud Dupree can finally get healthy and stay on the field. Uh, we'll see how that affects Uh, the Titans defense going forward. So we're going to take an ad break here and then we're going to come back and take a look forward at the Titans remaining schedule and where they stand uh, both in the AFC South and the AFC. Welcome back into No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast. So the Tennessee Titans now at three and two uh, are going into their bye week and then they come out of it. Uh, playing against the Colts at home and then the Texans uh, on the road. So two quick division games uh, that could really let the Titans kind of dictate the division going forward. And I mean, when you look at the division that they're in, it's just it's just bad, man. Like the Jaguars just lost to the Texans in, in pretty terrible fashion. Trevor Lawrence seems to be back. Uh, to his worst, really, like he d- does does not look good at all. Um, after it looked like he was ready to take uh, a next step, but he's committing so many turnovers and really missing uh, on some easy throws. So they're down to two and three, only one game behind. Uh, but that's big in, in in the division, you know. And they already lost a division game against the Texans. The Titans have already won one against the Colts. Uh, the Colts currently stand at two two and one. They've won a couple of ridiculous games, to be honest with you. The Chiefs should not have lost that game to the Colts. And then last Thursday night, I don't know what we saw. The Colts-Broncos game was not football. It was some sort of other sport. Uh, But the Colts ended up winning somehow because Russell Wilson uh, has turned into a bottom five quarterback in the NFL. So the Colts are still there. The Jaguars are technically still there. Uh, And the Texans are a little bit behind in last place how do you feel about the t- titans afc south chances I-, I feel pretty good i i just think these other teams have so many flaws and the titans are so good in coming out with wins in these one score games which is not normal like it- that is supposed to regress to the mean but the fact that it keeps happening makes me believe that there's just some sort of weird mike Vrabel voodoo magic going on and it's just going to continue
0: yeah like you know we t- you talked about Let's start with you know the Jaguars, which seem like the big contenders right now. Like that, so they're such a weird team because their offensive line isn't necessarily good, but they've only given up sacks in two different games. But like Philadelphia crushed them and had four sacks, and then Washington got it two sacks against him. And you know those are two of their bigger losses. Like. You know, so it's like, if you can pressure him, he's going to kind of fold. And Houston, instead of pressuring him, let him throw and picked him off and got two. It was the first time he threw two interceptions this season. But, you know, I don't don't know how he like, I don't know how they're winning games. Because it's like, if you don't pressure him, he's going to throw picks. If you pressure him, I guess if you pressure him and you don't get there, that's when you're in trouble. But, I mean, he has eight turnovers this season, you know, and eight touchdowns. So you know, that's great, but you know, it's, it's not, it's not future hero of the franchise. And like, that was when they, I think they had back-to-back games where their injury report was clean the entire week. Like they had remarkable injury luck over the first month and only ended up going uh, two and two. And then they just lost to the Texans. So they, they seemed like the big contenders, but now they're kind of falling apart. Their starting right guard is out for the season. And so, you know, we'll we'll see how they go from here. But they don't seem like a a real legitimate threat to the AFC South right now. But neither do the Colts. Like the Colts offensive line looks pathetic. You know, Matt Ryan looks worse. So, you know, I, I don't I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're getting to five hundred. The Texans are oddly competent for a team that doesn't seem to want to win football games. Like they. They're 1-3-1 they're because they have that tie, like we talked about. But, you know, like they beat they beat the Jaguars, and that's great. But they also were the only team to score a touchdown in that game, and they won 13-6. to six. Like, it's not like Davis Mills looks better than he did last year. Because really, like, you know, you look at their offense, right? It's like 20 points, 9 – and 20 points was in overtime. So they got five quarters and got 20 points. So it's 20 points, 9 points, 20 points – 24 points against the Chargers when uh, they were banged up and had just lost Joey Bosa and you know they still lost by 10 and some of that was garbage time and then 13 points so it's like in close games they can't seem to score unless they're playing the Colts and then it, so I I don't I don't know it's so hard to figure out what this division is because three weeks ago we sat here and talked about how I wouldn't be surprised if the Jaguar or if the Titans overtook the Jaguars and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that, you know, the Texans and Colts were playing uh, bad, but that the Jaguars looked for real. And now it's like, nobody looks real and the Titans are in the driver's seat and you know, like I, I think every other team has lost or tied in the division now, right? Because the, the, Texans and Colts tied each other and the Jaguars lost the Texans even after they beat the Colts so it's like if you go undefeated in in the division and that's not you know it's easier said than done but you've already had your hardest road trip like if you can just maintain and win the division like that puts you what that's five more games that puts you at eight and whatever like I, I don't I don't know if, if the Titans sweep this division. I don't know if any other team is getting to eight wins. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out, and maybe the Titans have a bit of a bit of a mirage right now because they played bad teams, but luckily that's what the AFC South is. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do going forward, but it's hard not to be more confident about the Titans than any other team in this division.
1: Yeah, what's was crazy is the culture 0-2 oh, and 1 in the division. Is that right? <laughs> they already they played three division lost. games yeah. already,
0: yeah, and they Ball haven't guy. won a single one. Yeah, yeah, because they lost to the, the Jaguars. Jaguars. Yeah, then they oh. lost to us, and oh. then uh, they tied with the Texans. So yeah, unbelievable.
1: And yeah, that their only two wins have come against the AFC West, uh, which is actually good for their their playoff chances because of the conference record uh, plays into uh, one of the tiebreakers. So. Good for them, I guess, but yeah, bro, I don't, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, he he looks worse than Wentz. He looks worse than Wentz did last year, like, not not even close, really, like, Wentz only had seven picks last year. Matt Ryan already has, I think, six or something like that, and he just keeps taking sacks because he cannot move. The offensive line is a disaster. Uh, Shout out Quentin Nelson, he's playing the worst ball of his career. Uh, even though he's a supposed all-pro, uh, but we're not going to get into that. But yeah, I don't know. I I, I just I, I don't see the Titans giving up this division. I know the schedule isn't great going forward, but it's really not awful. And, and as long as they just win their division games, which seems like a very real possibility, like they could pop, they could very well sweep this division. Uh, I, I would not be surprised uh, at all. And that already gets you to to eight wins and possibly already the AFC South crown. So uh, I think they're in good shape. This stretch that that we talked about for the past couple of weeks that they really needed to just uh, come away with, with these wins. As bad as the first two weeks looked, they did it. They, they won the games that they needed to win, and now there's two more coming up with the Colts and Texans. Uh, then we get into some tough games against the Chiefs. Uh, the Broncos aren't too good, but the Packers are okay. The Bengals are okay. The Eagles are, are very good. Um, so that'll be uh, a bigger test for the Titans going forward after the next two weeks after uh, the bye week. So with the AFC South down, I want to look at the AFC as a whole as well because I don't know. It's it's, it's a weird it's a weird conference. I, I don't. There are not very there are not a lot of good teams. Uh, In the NFL right now, it's uh, it's weird. It's just it's just a weird, uh, weird phenomenon going on. So I'm going to go through the AFC uh, playoff picture right now and then we'll talk through it a little bit. So the first seed right now are the Buffalo Bills at four and one. Uh, second seed are the Kansas City Chiefs, also at four and one. The Titans come in as the third seed, actually uh, at three and two. The Baltimore Ravens have the fourth seed at three and two. The New York Jets are fifth right now at three and two. The Miami Dolphins sixth at three and two, and then the Los Angeles Chargers at three and two rounds out the playoff picture. Then you have the Colts, the Jaguars, the Broncos. The Patriots, the Browns, the Bengals, uh, all of those are 2-3, and three except for the Colts, who are 2-2-1. Two, two and one. Uh, And then you have the bad teams like the Texans, the Raiders, uh, and the Steelers. Oh, my God, the Steelers are a disaster. So, looking at the AFC, do you think the third seed is where the Titans are, are probably going to end up by the end of this season? Because, I mean— like we said, they're probably going to win the division. The Ravens have a, a lot of faults. I could see them maybe getting more wins than the Titans, but I don't know. Like, oh, what do what do you think about the AFC right now, and where do you think the Titans stand?
0: Well, I think the Bills are pretty clear one with a bullet, right? So, I, I don't I don't think there's anybody who's going to take that spot from them over the course of the season. Um, but. It does hurt them that they have to play the Dolphins who beat them once and the Jets who are also starting to look good. Now that they have Zach Wilson like that. That is an interesting division where they might have more trouble than, you know, we we would normally think. But I I still have a hard time thinking they're anything but one. The AFC North is weird, too. Like they're kind of eating each other like the Steelers beat the Bengals. And then uh, the Ravens beat the Bengals on a kick, but the Bengals are the most talented team. Like it's just they're they're so mismanaged and coached poorly. Like right now that that they just don't seem to be the sum of their parts, and that's weird. And it's going to cause friction. And you know, also Matt Burrow or Matt Burrow, Joe Burrow is getting sacked every five seconds. So like you know, they, they invest all this money and then it turns out that it's really hard to build an offensive line in the NFL and he's getting smacked around. So that's a problem. You worry about his long-term health with, you know, the injuries and stuff he's had in the past, like that has to be a concern and it's gotta be in his head when he's playing too, you know, after being a gunslinger and, you know, all that, like that's tough. The, the AFC West, is weird because everybody was said that they were going to be like this mega division, all that, but the the Raiders have struggled to win games. The Broncos, you know, look lost at times. And I still cannot figure out why they're not better. Um, But Russell Wilson just seems to like, not be able to compute what's going on and that's hurting them. And then the chargers, you know, Justin Herbert's ribs are whatever, like damaged for the season. And they, they said that that's not something that's going away. It's just a pain management thing. Bosa's got a groin injury, you know, Keenan Allen habitually has a hamstring injury, like I, like they lost their left tackle for the season. Like who's awesome Slater. Um, but you know, it's like they, they've struggled with injuries as much as the Titans have, except you know they've also had an injury to the quarterback, and that you know that's the big difference. you know that both teams lost their left tackle and their their best pass rusher and all that. but you know they don't they're not digging themselves out of that hole quite as well as the Titans have. so that 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 division will be interesting because we've seen that the Chiefs can just lose to the Colts like they can play badly enough to lose to one of the worst teams in the league. So you know, nobody's unbeatable, but Third seed, second seed, maybe, depending on how the Titans look after this bye week. Because, I mean, the Titans do still get to play, you know, quote-unquote, get to play the rest of their division five more times. They get to play the Broncos that we talked about earlier, the Bengals who we just talked about not looking particularly good, the Packers who just lost to the Giants in London and have really sort of, like, seem to have lost their fastball now that, you know, Aaron Rodgers lost his number one target and they run the ball really well. But when they go against physical teams, they stop running the ball like they, they just decide to, they don't want to do that anymore. So. I, I don't know, like the 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 division or the, the road is is hard ahead when you get to the teams like the Cowboys who are playing well and the Eagles and all that. But at the same time, like how many wins is it going to take to be that two seat to be the three seat? You know, 10? I mean, 10 wins is not an impossible task for the Titans who have won nine or more games in each of the last what five, six seasons. So it, it's interesting right now that feels right based on what we know about the Titans. But again, with this team, if they, if they come out of the bye and decide that they're committed to the Jeff Swain led offense, then we could be in trouble.
1: Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Um, yeah, these AFC teams are just—they're just beating themselves, and that's why you mentioned uh, how how few wins it might take to get the second uh, seed, just because these teams keep keep beating each other, and it's going to be like this the whole uh, the whole season. I mean, the Browns are at 12 right now; they're two and three. I think they've looked really good, to be honest with you. They probably. Uh, I think they lost to the Falcons. That that was a pretty bad loss. But they should have beaten the Chargers um, this past week. They didn't because they missed a 54-yard field goal. But they were able to get there because Chargers head coach Brandon Staley went for it on on fourth down uh, from yeah. midfield. It, it, that guy, that guy has no no feel for for calling. Uh, for for decisions, for like high gambling decisions. It's crazy. Um, I mean, if Frabel did that, we would absolutely destroy him. So I don't know. The Chargers aren't very well coached, in my opinion. They have one of the worst run defenses um, I've seen in a really long time. Sort of the Browns, really. Like If if Henry Henry is going to play against the Chargers, uh, assuming he's healthy, he's going to destroy them. Uh, on the ground. And then I just look at some of these other AFC teams and I don't know if they're better than the Titans. I don't I don't know if the Titans are. They're not amazing. Like they're a very average to maybe above average team on a good day. But neither are these other teams. I think only the Bills and Chiefs and even the Chiefs. Uh, they almost lost the Raiders. They got down pretty big. Um, and so I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I think the Titans are probably the, the fourth or fifth best team in the AFC, but anything's possible, man. I, I think they have a really good shot to, to, to do some damage. I just hope they're able to get healthy and, and kind of iron out uh, some of the kinks that they have. Uh, particularly on offense, I think the defense will be fine once they get more healthy, uh, because they're really not giving up a lot of points, and they're still getting pass rush, uh, and, and they have players like David Long and Jeffrey Simmons who are who are playing very well.
0: Yeah, I mean, if this team ever figures out how to score in the second half, like, and, and that sounds joking, but genuinely, like, uh, they've scored what, like, twenty one, twenty four, in. Uh, I guess they only scored 10 last week, maybe, or maybe I forget what they scored last week in the first half. But like they they score well in the first half, like even when they didn't score on their opening drive, that they moved the ball well enough in the first half, give or take some terrible sacks from Daly and pressures and all that. So, you know, if they can figure out how to do just not even they don't need to exceed what they're doing in the first half. If they can just replicate what they're doing in the first half of games they'll be great like i mean like they they will move into one of those top 2 or 3 teams in the AFC because what they do what they did against the giants where they could constantly kind of apply pressure and score points and you know you score in your opening drive you score later you score in the third quarter like stacking those those points allows the defense to stay aggressive and that's why when the titans have been on top like they were against uh the colts and against uh, the giants and all that like when they're on top the pass rush looks even better and it's just it's just about continuing that momentum and not giving the other team the chance to say okay they don't score in the second half so that you know that that weird mentality is is clear teams are more aggressive against the titans in the second half so uh, we'll see what happens and i don't know why that's not working better but you know maybe maybe it's just something they can figure out after the bye
1: Yeah, uh, we'll see as we go forward. But it, it is nice that the Titans get a bye this week. I, I think they need to get healthier. Uh, I really want to see Traylon Burks back on the field. I know he's he's on IR, so he's going to miss a couple more weeks after the bye. Um, but I, I do think they need him out there um, and some of these defensive players. So hopefully they can all get healthy and we come back from the bye and go on uh, a, a good run uh, it, 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 on the way to the playoffs. And hopefully uh, the season ends uh, a little more, a little bit worse, a a little bit less worse than it it did last year in the playoffs. So uh, we'll see. We're going to take an ad break here, and then we're going to wrap up with Stop the Nonsense. Welcome back into No Nonsense, the Tennessee Times podcast. Uh, Will, do you have a Stop the Nonsense for us?
0: Yeah, and and it feels kind of like a cheap shot because, you know, PFF is always terrible and all that, and I, I don't want to pick on PFF specifically, but they they had their they you know posted their grades or whatever, and the top player was for the Titans was Rashad Weaver over Jeffrey Simmons, and Tier Tart and Derrick Henry, and like I hate when I have to argue against players that I like because other players that I also like are being slighted, but any human who watched that game and didn't think Jeffrey Simmons was a man on fire or watching Derrick Henry, like, you know, do Derrick Henry things again and catch, you know, also adding screen passes and all that stuff into his game. Like, it's crazy to me that like these people not are employed, but you know, are employed. Like it's, it's crazy to me that people listen to PFF because you know, and, and I, again, like, I I don't, I don't need to beat this drum too hard. I've said it too many times before. And, and, you know, this is not an original take by me or whatever, but like, I'm begging to know why they won't grade Jeffrey Simmons higher, because they did it in week one when they rated Jerry Hughes with like a 92 or whatever. And Simmons was below him when Simmons destroyed the giants offensive line. Like I mean, they they couldn't even get close to stopping him. And, you know, and in this game, he was chasing down screens. He was running down receivers 30 yards down the field. He was, you know, getting pressure, getting sacks. He should have gotten two. He got credit for one and a half. Like, I, I mean, it, he dropped into coverage with Thierry Tartt on the goal line and knocked away a pass. Like – I don't know what more you want Jeffrey Simmons to do to, to be graded as, you know, a 90 or whatever. I have to assume it's whatever weighting system they use weights penalties too highly. And the penalty he got that was the roughing the passer where he barely grazed Carson Wentz's helmet knocked him down. But it, it's just crazy to me that like and the reason why this upsets me is because you'll see these lists throughout the week that are like, these are the highest graded defensive tackles. And then somebody will quote tweet that and they'll say, these are the best defensive tackles. And it's like, no, that's not we have to stop letting people pretend that they're using analytics or whatever, when they're just copy and pasting lists from PFF over onto their own Twitter. And like, it's so aggravating, but in on, on one hand, yeah, maybe maybe it is good because the Titans need to get a deal done with Jeffrey Simmons, and if the world knows how good Jeffrey Simmons is, maybe he he will get more expensive. But just from the player's perspective, like I, I don't know why he just doesn't get more respect, even on his own team when they graded Weaver higher, and like Weaver was solid, but I mean Jeffrey Simmons was substantially better like and Danico Autry doesn't even make the list for some reason so i don't know it, it's it's frustrating because people will swear by pff and then when you try to you know say oh well actually like this guy was better and you post clips of film people will just say well it says that you know he only got one run stop or it says that he allowed this many pressures and it's like okay but i'm showing you the clip You know, and this this is what happened, and this is where they're saying he was wrong and he's not wrong, and people just don't want to seem to believe. Like, it's just too convenient for them to believe PFF, and it's aggravating. And I'll try not to use PFF again this season, but it's just they give me such ready ammo every time that it's so difficult not to.
1: It's so easy. It's so easy to use them, and I feel you, like – how on earth can someone watch that game and think that Rashad Weaver played better than Jefferson? Sim- Jeffrey Simmons had one, I think it was a two-play stretch. He tracked down Terry McLaurin 30 yards down the field, like you said, and then the next play runs down Carson Wentz on a scramble. Uh, I don't know if they credited credited that as a sack. Um, I think they did initially. I don't know if they kept it, but the dude is the dude is unbelievable. Plus, he's bulldozing every offensive lineman that he goes up against. Uh, the guy's an absolute monster. I don't know how how he's anything under a ninety. Uh, honestly, in any game that he's played uh, so far this season, but it is what it is. Pff, just I, I don't know. I don't know. They they, they make up numbers. It's actually, uh, it's actually really weird. Uh, I, I mean, remember they had Joe Flacco as, like a top five quarterback uh, in the NFL this season. So we need to take everything. Uh, we just need to stop listening to them. But yeah, they they give us they give us too much ammo. So. My stop the nonsense, it, it has to be the roughing the passer calls that that happened this week. I mean, if you haven't seen them yet, you, you, need, you need to go and, and look at them right now. The first one was uh, on Tom Brady. It was the Falcons against the Buccaneers. It was a one-score game. On third down, Grady Jarrett sacks Tom Brady, kind of throws him down. Not really. He really just tackled him. Uh, But because Tom Brady is 45 years old and a frail old man, uh, he falls in a violent manner. By the way, Brady kicks Grady Jarrett in the midst of all this right after the play. That doesn't get called. They call it roughing the passer, and the Buccaneers end up getting a first down, and they end up winning the game uh, when they very well might have lost. They very well might have lost that game. Uh, That was Jerome Boger who made that call. We all know how terrible he is. Anyway... Uh, everyone, everyone just comp- completely crapped on on Jerome Boger and, and the refs in that game, rightfully so. I think even the league itself was like, oh, OK, this was wrong. And then uh, on Monday night, I don't, know, I don't know if you saw it, but Chris Jones got called for a roughing the passer call uh, on Derek Carr for sacking him and falling on top of him with all of his weight when even while he's sacking him he literally took the ball like he literally had the ball in his hands he stripped him and then fell on top of Carr they call it roughing the passer and then the uh the Raiders go down the field and I think they might have gotten a field goal at the end of the half um after that drive but Man, I mean, the Chiefs ended up winning anyway because they—they, they, I think they were just pissed. Uh, the fans got so loud after that; it was crazy. But, I mean, everyone is destroying the officials right now, and it's not only the roughing the passer calls. Like we saw it in the Titans game, the, the the Christian Fulton defensive pass interference non-existent, and then Christian Fulton tweets out that the NFL literally told him like that should not have been uh, pass interference. What do we do? Can we have some accountability for the refs for making crucial mistakes that legitimately lead to wins and losses? I mean, it's ridiculous at this point.
0: Yeah, refs not having any sort of oversight is insane to me. Like them just basically turning around and saying like, well, we looked at it and, uh, you know that's what, that's the reason why we called it. It's like, nobody cares the reason why you called it. It's like, I want to see repercussions and not see the same five refs officiate all the major games. They're always the same.
1: No yeah. ref has it's ever like, gotten Blake fired.
0: Blake None <laughs> Jerome Boger, like Hockley and his son. Like it's, it's so insane. It's like, they, they, they're like Supreme court justices. You cannot get them off. Like that. They, they just live uh, as referees until they decide not to be and whatever. Like they, I, I, I don't know, but, I, I, I have strong opinions on that because when you watch that Raiders-Chiefs game, everybody's kind of making fun of the way that they're tackling at start because they basically two-hand touch Derek Carr and Mahal Yeah, Max drives. Crosby...
1: Max yeah. Crosby literally just held him up. <laughs>
0: yeah. It and it's like, way. and it's, yeah. And, and so it's like, they're being as gentle as possible. And then once the game gets close and they actually have to start, like, you know, they, they give it a little bit more. They're like, Whoa, this is too much. And it's like, come on. Like, and that, that has to be fixed. And they said, they're going to it after the season. I would imagine we see much less, like, unless it's helmet to helmet or actually egregious type stuff. Um, I I think we'll see a lot fewer of those penalties going forward. Um, One last note is the good news uh, for Titans fans is that uh, the Colt – is it Texans-Jaguars this week or what is it? There's an AFC game that – the the AFC division I'm looking it up right now.
1: Colts, Colts, Jaguars is this one? Okay,
0: Colts, Colts, Jaguars, and that will be officiated by Jerome Boger. So you'll get to see an absolute love it. it. So <laughs> I I encourage everybody to check that out.
1: Oh man, yeah. I Chris Jones had a had a good quote after the game. Uh, well, I don't know the direct quote, but he pretty much said like. I understand that you have to protect the quarterbacks, but then you have to make roughing the passer calls uh, reviewable by by the upstairs. Like the same way that turnovers are automatically reviewed, I think roughing the passer calls uh, should be, too. And I think that's a pretty good way to uh, to kind of limit some of these mistakes that are just egregious, man, just 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 egregious. So uh, we'll see what the NFL does. Um, as much as people want to act like, oh, the NFL is losing me with, with this. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're not. They're not. You're going to keep watching uh, no matter what happens. They have us all addicted. But um, hopefully uh, they come up with some changes. Uh, so for Matthias, for Will, that'll do it for us. We'll be back. Uh, I don't know if we'll be back next week, actually, since it's the bye week, probably in two weeks. Uh, Actually, maybe we could. Uh, Yeah, probably two weeks from now. Uh, We'll be back
0: for Brian Burns, then then we'll do a podcast. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I was actually going to mention the Panthers earlier. I was saying if we need a left tackle could go get Taylor Matone. I know he's uh, right tackle, but could probably play left. I don't think they'll give us a Quanu who they just drafted, but maybe, 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 maybe. It might be worth worth a call. Uh, But we'll see. We'll be back soon. uh, And remember to always stop the Nazis.
2: new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com it's like your own personal post office sign up with promo code program for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts that's stamps.com code program